0: Hello everyone welcome back to another episode of The World of Percy Jackson. In this episode, we're going to read chapters 42 to 43 and in the previous episode, we read chapters 39 to 41. And we had continued with Annabeth and Percy's journey in 39 to 41 where they had met Domison, the, the giant who seemingly seems nice but seems to have gone through quite a bit of torture during his time in Tartarus and both above Tartarus as well and I think that definitely seeing him has given us another side to how titans monsters and all of these different types of creatures they they also have an emotional side to them that aren't always fighting for Gaia or trying to always I guess destroy the world they have feelings too pretty much and uh, chapter 41 was on Piper, and we left off with Piper getting this ultimate revelation that, according to the prophecy, either Leo or Jason is going to defeat Gaia, and the other one will die. And we see this in the prophecy lines: storm or fire, and... Well basically it's either one of those and then uh, we, uh, we follow that with a note to keep the final breath. So Piper ultimately deduces that it might be Jason or Leo that, defe- de- de- that defeats Gaia and the other one will meet their demise. So we're going to see how this goes and will Piper's theory turn out to be correct? We'll have to see and find out if we get any answers in this chapter, chapter 42, Piper. Leo stared at the dagger. Okay, so I don't like your idea as much as I thought. You think one of us defeats Gaia, and the other one dies? Or maybe one of us dies while defeating her? Or it guys, Jason said, we'll drive ourselves crazy overthinking it. You know how prophecies are. Heroes always get in trouble trying to thwart them. Yeah, Leo muttered. We'd hate to get in trouble. We've got it so good right now. You know what I mean, Jason said. The final breath line might not be connected to the storm and fire part. For all we know, the two of us aren't even storm and fire. Percy can raise hurricanes. And I could always set Coach Hedge on fire, Leah volunteered. Then he can be fire. The thought of a blazing satyr screaming, Die, scumbag, as he attacked Gaia was almost enough to make Piper laugh. Almost. I hope I'm wrong, she said cautiously. But the whole quest started with us finding Hera and waking that giant king Porphyrian. I have a feeling the world would end with us too. For better or worse. Hey? Jason said, Personally, I don't like us. Agreed, Leah said. Us is my favorite people. Piper managed to smile. She really did love these guys. She wished she could use her charm speak on the fates, describe a happy ending, and force them to make it come true. Unfortunately, it was hard to imagine a happy ending with all the dark thoughts in her head. She worried that the giant Clidius had been, pu- had been put in their path to eliminate Leo as a threat. If so, that meant Gaia would also try to eliminate Jason. Without storm or fire, their quest couldn't succeed. And this wintry weather bothered her too. She felt certain it was being caused by something more than just Diocletian's scepter. The cold wind, the mix of ice, and rain seemed actively hostile and somehow familiar. That smell in the air. The thick smell of. Piper should have understood what was happening sooner. But she'd spent most of her life in Southern California with no major changes of season. She hadn't grown up with that smell. The smell of impending snow. Every muscle in her body tensed. Leo. Sound the alarm. Piper hadn't realized she was charm-speaking, but Leo immediately dropped his screwdriver and punched the alarm button. He frowned when nothing happened. Uh, it's disconnected, he remembered. Fast as a shutdown. Give me a minute to get the system back online. We don't have a minute. Fires. We need vials of oh, Greek fire. Jason, call the winds. Warm southerly winds. Wait, what? Jason stared in confusion. Piper, what's wrong? It's her. Piper snatched up her dra- dagger. She's back. We had to. Before she could finish, the boat listed to port. The temperature dropped so fast, the sails crackled with ice. The bronze shields along the rails popped like overpressurized soda cans. Jason drew his sword, but it was too late. A wave of ice particles swept over him, coating him like a glazed donut and freezing him in, pl- in place. Under a layer of ice, his eyes were wide with amazement. Leo! Flames! Now! Piper yelled. Leo's right hand blazed, but the wind swirled around him and doused the fire. Leo clenched his Archimedes sphere as a funnel cloud of sleet lifted off his feet. Hey! He yelled. Hey, let me go! Piper ran towards him, but a voice in the storm said, Oh yes, Leo Valdez, I will let you go permanently. Leo shot skyward, like he'd been launched from a catapult. He disappeared into the clouds. No! Piper raised her knife but there was nothing to attack. She looked desperately at the stairwell, hoping to see her friends charging to the rescue, but a block of ice had sealed the hatch. The whole lower deck might've been frozen solid. She needed a better weapon to fight with, something more than her voice. A stupid fortune-telling dagger and a cornucopia that shot ham and fresh fruit. She wondered whether she could make it to the ballista. Then, her enemies appeared, and she realized that no weapon would be enough. Standing amidships was a girl in a flowing dress of white silk, her mane of black hair pinned with back with a circlet of diamonds, her eyes were the color of coffee but without the warmth. Behind her stood her brothers, two young men with purple-feathered wings, stark white hair, and jagged swords of celestial bronze. "'So good to see you again, my chère," said Keon, the goddess of snow. "'It's time we had a very cold reunion.' And that's the end of chapter 42. Well, this definitely is going to get much more interesting. In the midst of their analysis of the theory, here comes Keon once again after a while. So we're going to have to see how exactly are they going to be able to fight off Keon. Or exactly how is Piper going to fight off Keon now with both Jason and Leo stuck with a cold problem. So... Yeah, we're gonna come back right after the break, and we're gonna finish uh, the finish off by reading chapter forty-three and moving on to the Q&A session. So don't go anywhere. Maybe grab a qu- quick snack, quick wa- some water, and we'll be right back. And we're back from the ads. Now we're gonna read chapter forty-three, Piper. Piper didn't plan to shoot blueberry muffins. The cornucopia must have sensed her distress and thought she and her visitors could use some warm baked goods. Half a dozen steamy muffins flew from the horn of plenty like buckshot. It wasn't the most effective opening attack. Keon simply leaned to one side. Most of the muffi- muffins sailed past over her past her over the rail. Her brothers, the Boreads, each caught one and began to eat. Muffins, said the bigger one. Cow Piper remembered short for Callias. He was dressed exactly as he had been in Quebec, in cleats, sweatpants, and a red hockey jersey, and had two black eyes and several broken teeth. Muffins are good. Ah, merci, said the scrawny brother, Zethys, he recalled. she recalled, who stood on the cat- catapult platform. His purple wings spread, his white hair was still feathered in a horrible disco-age mullet. The collar collar of his silk shirt stuck out over his breastplate. His chartreuse club polyester pants were grotesquely tight, and his acne had only gotten worse. Despite that, he wriggled his eyebrows and smiled like he was the demigod of pickup artists. I knew the pretty girl would miss me. He spoke, spoke Quebecois French, which Piper translated effortlessly. Thanks to her mom Aphrodite, the language of love was hardwired into her, though she didn't want to speak it with Zethus, What are you doing? Piper demanded. Then, in charm speak, let my friends go. Zethas blinked. "'We should let your friends go.' "'Yes,' Cal agreed. "'No, you idiots!' Keon snapped. "'She's charm-speaking. Use your wits!' "'Wits?' Cal frowned as if he wasn't sure what wits were. "'Muffins are better.' He stuffed the whole thing in his mouth and began to chew. Zethas picked a blueberry off the top of his hand and nibbled it delicately. "'Ah, oh, my beautiful piper. "'So long I have waited to see you again.' "'Sadly, my sister is right. "'We cannot let your friends go. "'In fact, we must take them to Quebec, "'where they shall be laughed at eternally. "'I am so sorry, but these are our orders.' "'Orders?' "'Ever since last winter, Piper had expected Keon to show her frosty face sooner or later. "'When they defeated her at the wolf house in Sonoma, "'the snow goddess had v- wa- vowed revenge. "'But why were Zethis and Cal here? "'In Quebec, the Boreads had seemed almost friendly, "'at least compared to their sub-zero sister. "'Guys, listen,' Piper said. Your sister disobeyed Boreas. She's working with the Giants, trying to raise Gaia. She's planning to take over your father's throne. Keon laughed, soft and cold. <laughs> oh, Piper McLean, you would manipulate my weak-willed brothers with your charms, like a true goddess, of- daughter of the Love Goddess. Such a skillful liar, liar! Piper cried. You tried to kill us, Zethys, She's working for Gaia. Zethus winced. Alas, beautiful girl, we all work for Gaia now. I fear these orders are from our father, Boreas himself. What? Piper didn't want to believe it, but Keon's smug smile told her it was true. At last, my father saw the wisdom of my counsel, Keon per. or at least he did before his Roman side began warring with his Greek side. I fear he's quite inca- incapacitated right now, but he left me in charge. He has ordered that the forces of the North Wind be used in the surface of King Por- Porphyrian Por- Porphyrian porphyrian and of course the earth mother piper gulped how are you even here she gestured at the ice all over the ship it's summer kian shrugged Our powers grow the rules of nature are turned upside down once the earth mother wakes we shall remake the world as we choose with hockey cal said his mouth still full and pizza and muffins yes yes Keon sneered. I had to promise a few things to the big simpleton. And to Zethus. Oh, my needs are simple. Zethus slicked back his hair and winked at Piper. I should have kept you at our palace when we first met, my dear Piper. But soon we will go there again, together. And I shall romance you most incredibly. (laughs) Thanks, but no thanks, Piper said. Now, let Jason go. She put all her power into the words and Zethys obeyed. He snapped his fingers, Jason instantly defrosted. He crumpled to the floor, gasping and steaming, but at least he was alive. You imbecile! Keon thrust out her hand and Jason refroze. Now flat on the deck like a bearskin rug, she wheeled on Zethys. If you wish the girl as your prize, you must prove you can control her, not the other way around. Yes, of course. Zethys looked chagrined. As for Jason Grace, Keon's brown eyes gleamed. He and the rest of your friends will join our court of ice statues in Quebec. Jason will grace my throne room. Clever, Piper muttered. Take you all day to think about that line? At least she knew Jason was still alive, which made Piper a little less panicky. The deep freeze could be reversed. That meant her other friends were probably still alive below deck. She just needed a plan to free him. Unfortunately, she wasn't Annabeth. She wasn't so good at devising plans on the fly. She needed time to think. What about Leo? She blurted. Where'd you send him? The snow got a step lightly around Jason. I'm examining him as of your sidewalk art. Leo Valdez deserved a special punishment. She said, I've sent him to a place from which he can never return. Piper couldn't breathe. Poor Leo. The idea of never seeing him again almost destroyed her. Kion must have seen it in her face. Alas, my dear Piper, she smiled in triumph, but it is for the best. Leo could not be tolerated even as an ice statue, not after he insulted me. The fool refused to rule at my side and his power over fire, she shook her head. He could not be allowed to reach the house of Hades. I'm afraid Lord Clitius likes fire even less than I do. Piper gripped her dagger. Fire, she thought. Thanks for reminding me, you witch. She scanned the deck. How to make fire. A box of Greek fire vials were secured by the forward ballista, but that was too far away. Even if she made it without getting frozen, Greek fire would burn everything, including the ship and all her friends. There had to be another way. Her eyes stayed to the prow. Oh. Festus the figurehead could blow some serious flames. Unfortunately, Leo had switched him off. Piper annoyed he had no idea how to reactivate him. She would never have time to figure out the right controls at the ship's console. She had vague memories of Leo tinkering around inside the dragon's bronze skull, mumbling about a control disk. But even if Piper could make it to the prow, she would have no idea what she was doing. Still, some instinct told her Festus was her best chance. If only she could figure out how to convince her captors to let her get close enough. Well... Keon interrupted her thoughts. I fear our time together is at a close. Zethus, if you would wait," Piper said, a simple command, and it worked. The Boreads and Keon frowned at her. Waiting. Piper was fairly sure she could control her brothers with Charm Speak, but Keon was a problem. Charm Speak worked poorly if the person wasn't attracted to you. It worked poorly on a powerful being like a god, and it worked poorly when your victim knew about Charm Speak and was actively on guard against it. All of the above applied to Keon. What would Annabeth do? Delay, Piper thought. When in doubt, talk some more. You're afraid of my friends, she said. So why not just kill them? Tion laughed. <laughs> you are not a god, or you would understand. Death is so short, so unsatisfying your puny mortal souls flit off to the underworld and what happens then the best i can hope for you is that you go to the fields of punishment or asphodel but you demigods are insufferably noble more likely you'll go to elysium or get reborn in a new life why would i want to reward your friends that way why when i can punish them eternally and me piper hated asked why am i still alive and unfrozen keon glanced at her brothers with an annoyance "'Zethus has claimed you for one one thing.' "'I kissed magnificently,' Zethus promised. "'You will see, a beautiful one.' "'The idea made Piper's stomach churn.' "'But that is not the only reason,' Keon said. "'It's because I hate you, Piper, deeply and truly. "'Without you, Jason would have stayed with me in Quebec.' "'Delusional much?' "'Keon's eyes turned as hard as the diamonds in her circle. "'You are a meddler, the daughter of a useless goddess. "'What can you do alone?' "'Nothing.' Of all the seven demigods, you have no purpose, no power. I wish you to stay on the ship, adrift and helpless. While Gaia rises and the world ends, and just to be sure, you are well out of the way. She gestured to Zethus, who plucked some things from the air, frozen spear the size of a softball covered in icy spikes. A bomb. A bomb, Zethys explained. Especially for you, my love. Bombs. <laughs> Cal laughed. A good day, bombs and muffins. I. Uh, Piper lowered a dagger, which seemed even more useless than usual. Flowers would have been fine. Oh! It will not kill the pretty girl, Zethus this round. Well, I am fairly sure of this, but when the fragile container cracks in, uh, roughly not very long, it will unleash the full force of the northern winds. The ship will be blown very far off course. Very, very far. Indeed! Keelan's voice prickled with false sympathy. We will take your friends for our statue collection, then unleash the winds and bid you goodbye. You can watch the end of the world from, well, the end of the world. Perhaps you can charm speak the fish and feed yourself with your silly cornucopia. You can pace the deck of this empty ship and watch our victory in the blade of your dagger. When Gaia has risen and the world you knew is dead, then Zethus can come back and retrieve you for his bride. What would you do to stop us, Piper? A hero? Huh. You are a joke. Her her words stung like sleet, mostly because Piper had had the same thoughts herself. What could she do? How could she save her friends with what she had? She came close to snapping, flying at her enemies in a rage, and getting herself quick killed. She looked at Keon's smug impression and realized the goddess was hoping for that. She wanted Piper to break, she wanted entertainment. Piper's spine turned to steel. She remembered the girls who used to make fun of her at the wilderness school. She remembered Drew, the cruel head counselor she had replaced in Aphrodite's cabin, and Medea, who had charmed Jason and Leo in Chicago, and Jessica, her dad's old assistant, who had always treated her like a useless brat. All her life, Piper had been looked down upon, told she was useless. It has never been true, another voice whispered, a voice that sounded like her mother's. Each of them berated you because they feared you and envied you. So does Keon. Use that. Piper didn't feel like it, but she managed to laugh. She tried it again, and the laughter came more easily. Soon She was doubled over, giggling and snorting. Callias joined in until Zethus elbowed him. Keon smiled, wavered. What? What is so funny? I have doomed you. Doomed me? Piper laughed again. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry She took a shaky breath and tried to stop giggling Oh boy Whew. Okay, you really think I'm powerless You really think I'm useless Gods of Olympus, your brain must have freezer burn. You don't know my secret, do you? Keon's eyes narrowed You have no secret She said, you are lying Okay, whatever, Piper said Yeah, go ahead and take my friends, leave me here Useless <laughs> She snorted, yeah, Gaea will really be pleased with you Snow swirled around the goddess. Zethus and Callias glanced at each other nervously. Sister, Zethus said, if she really has some secret. Pizza? Cal speculated. Hockey? Then we must know, Zethus continued. Keon obviously didn't buy it. Piper tried to keep a straight face, but she made her eyes dance with the mischief and humor. Go ahead, she dared. Call my bluff. What secret? Keon demanded. Reveal it to us. Piper shrugged. Suit yourself. She pointed casually toward the prow. Follow me, ice people. And that's the end of chapter 43. I think that definitely was a, a very important chapter. Um, first of all, the chapter was great, but I think it was ex- an extremely important chapter and just seeing how well Piper's character development is going. I mean, usually... There's moments in at, at which we don't see a lot of a certain character, and then when we start getting their chapters, we start understanding their point of view, and it really gives us a lot of clarity in terms of their character development. And I think the fact that you know Piper, although she's not the goddess she's not the daughter of Athena, she thinks just just as well as Athena. She's bright on her feet. She's doing great. I mean, charm speak. It may not. It may have its disadvantages, but it also has its advantages. And I think that if once Piper really gets to start training with that and getting to know it, like, it's her best friend, I think that definitely can can be a strong thing for her to use when she starts to battle more and more monsters, which hopefully doesn't happen, but realistically, she probably will have to. But yeah, so... That is the end of in terms of the reading for this chapter for this episode. And now we're going to move on to the shout outs and question and answer session. Um, Once again, if I don't shout out your name or if I don't uh, answer your question, um, do please let me know in the in this episode and I will try my best to get to it. Um, Although personal questions, uh, I will try my best uh, not to answer because I'm not too comfortable with it yet. But who knows, maybe in the some uh, distant future, I might answer some. So, yeah, just uh, keep those questions rolling, but not the too personal ones. <laughs> so, yeah, thank you very much. Uh, so now we're going to do the shoutouts. Uh, we only have one for today, and it's I believe it's Paula. Uh, once again, if I missed your name, do please let me know. Uh, now to the Q&A session. Uh, the first one would be, which Pokemon would each of the seven have? Whoa. Hmm. Well, I think... I would definitely go with Charmander uh, or Charizard, I guess, for Leo. I know it might seem pretty, pretty um, standard, but I think Charizard. When you look at Charizard when he's uh, uh, when he's younger, uh, he definitely has this live and bright and flamboyant attitude to him, and I think that that definitely applies to Leo. I mean, in any way possible, Leo's so energetic so you know he's the one making the jokes in the group he's always the one just you know just bringing the energy to the group as a whole and I think that in I think that's a very important attribute in overall and I think that Charmander would really go well with Leo um let's see I think for Jason I would probably go with Hmm. probably I'd have to go with Jolteon um probably because Jolteon just seems like this very it, it obviously an electric type and Jason is an electric type. Electric uh he has experience with lightning and all of that. So, I think Jolteon fits him more because I think with Pikachu, although Pikachu is a lightning type, I just feel like Jolteon's personality would fit more with Jason. Um if Pikachu was a water type, I think he'd go well with Percy Jackson, though, because, um, you know, main character, main character, (laughs) but, um, yeah, that's, that's what I would go for in terms of, uh, Pokemon for Jason, and then for Annabeth, I'd probably go with Rowlet, um, just because, you know, Athena is, you know, essentially wisdom and everything, and I think that With Rowlet, although Rowlet is an owl and owls do symbolize wisdom, I think the wittiness that Rowlet has can still bring, it just, it probably will be the light that Annabeth will need sometimes. I think that that would be a very good one for Annabeth. Um, Let's see, for Percy, I'd probably go for a, um, I'd probably go with something like Poplio. Poplia or Greninja? Oh no, actually, I would do Greninja. Greninja is a really good one. Greninja, I mean Water Ninja. I think manipulating with water and he's very wise. I think that they would complement each other really well with Percy and his um, combat skills and Greninja and his uh, um, swift and quick speed. I think that def- those two would definitely be a, they'd be a great like um, pair. And then. Let's see, for Frank, I'd probably go with Latios or Latias. one of those two, Um, just because I think that uh, they're both, in their own way, kind of caring and preppy in a way, peppy, and I think that definitely would fit Frank very well if he would be able to you know, just be with Latios and Latios, and I think that, you know, he does enjoy flying, you know, with transforming to an eagle or any bird with his shape-shifting abilities, I think that Latios or Latios would be very good for that, um, and then I think for Hazel, I'd probably go with, uh, let's see, Dugtrio, um, because Hazel can, like, summon things into the ground, and Dugtrio would be a good one, and I think that a lot of these Pokemon's are just really lively, and demigods go through so much as of itself. So I feel like these Pokemon really help with creating a lot more positivity in their life. I feel like they would j- de- definitely, you know, enjoy those moments where the, what that they spend with their Pokemon, and plus extra help on the field, you know. Um, so yeah, I'd probably go with Doug Trio for Hazel, and then Piper. I would probably do, um, what is that singing bird Pokemon? Hmm. Cause, hmm. It's either that, uh, it's either... I don't remember the singing bird one. It's, it's, it's like with the cloud and, um, and such. But the other one I'd probably do is Guard War, Guard War. I think They just both have that elegance and also just that, um, under that, that the understanding that Guard War has with its trainer, I think that definitely Piper would have with its with Guard War, um, definitely. But yeah, that was a great question. I think that, uh, uh, you guys, if you guys are Pokemon fans, you guys let me know too what are your thoughts. Um, what Pokemon would each of the seven have? In fact, what Pokemon would any of the characters in this? In these series have in general. I'd be interested in, re- in seeing those. Uh next question is, are you planning to read the King Chronicles in this podcast or another one? Um that's that's interesting. I would probably start another one, uh just because I want to stick to mainly Greek and Roman mythology with this one and then start with um Egyptian mythology because I do know that King Chronicles is egyptian mythology so i'd probably go into that afterwards and i'd probably do some spinoffs or maybe like read uh, you know maybe do a few episodes on egyptian mythology in general so um yeah definitely i think uh, so i think i'll definitely do that in another podcast um but we'll have to see about that because i don't think that series is as long as this series so we'd have to see but yeah i mean i could also continue it with this series as well but that's that's always gonna be a question. That's always gonna be something that I'll think about. Uh, next question is Do you play Five Nights at Freddy's? <laughs> I actually don't, um, but if it's pretty scary it's sometimes. The jump scares are pretty, pretty notorious. Um, next question is Do you believe in gods or something higher? Um, uh, I do believe in celestial beings, um, but I would like to say that um, it's up to everybody on what they wanna believe. I, I, I am not uh, pushing my opinion on anybody. And yeah, I just wanted to make that clear. Um, but yeah, I, I do believe that there are celestial beings um, above us. Uh, next question is, what would a monster you created look like? I think it would be very norm. It would be more human-like, is probably. If I wanted to give create a monster with ultimate potential, it would probably be very human-like more human-like than any, like, um, than, like, Kelly, uh, that we've seen in the past few chapters, yeah, probably even more than that, I think, like, not even, like, having to disguise themselves, they just look human in general, and that might be confused with someone like Luke, but it would, they would be classified as a monster, but they would just look very human-like, and I think that, that that would give them an easy, like, opportunity to blend in at any time, you know, they don't even have to disguise themselves at that point, and I feel like, Emotions would be a strong one for them. They'd be able to play with other people's emotions because emotions are really, really hard to change, you know? Once you're fighting a monster and you get that in your hand, you just have that anger and that fury, and you're just like, let me get this monster. But I feel like if this monster is able to play with your emotions, that would be a very strong one. Um, Next question is, would you rather fight a minotaur with no abilities whatsoever and a non-magic spear or Leo's tool belt? Um, Probably Leo's tool belt. (laughs) And next question is, have you ever been in any school clubs? Uh, yes, I have. Um, uh, one of my favorite ones was, uh, robotics. I did a lot of robots. That was pretty fun, watching robots compete. That was a fun time. But yeah, uh, that was a great, uh, episode and a great Q&A session. Uh, once again, thank you guys for asking all these questions, and thank you for listening to this episode. Um... If you guys, uh, if you got, if you guys haven't checked out the previous episodes, uh, have you uh, haven't checked those out? I um, highly recommend you do. And yeah, until next week, stay safe and stay out of boredom.